0: Welcome and thanks for tuning in for Talk of the Rock, public affairs, community events, and public services for Central Arkansas. From the iHeartRadio studios in Little Rock, here's your host, DJ Taylor.
1: And thank you for joining us. I'm DJ Taylor. Dr. Kier Vias, who is an infectious disease specialist at UAMS, on the phone with me today. And Dr. Vias, I still can't believe that over two years later, COVID-19 is still an issue. But uh, we are still facing it here in Arkansas.
2: Yes, that's true. Unfortunately, we're not, um, we're not past it. We haven't put it in the rearview mirror. This virus continues to, to evolve and, and um, exploit any opportunity to, to continue to infect people. And so we still have to remain vigilant. Why
1: do you think it is that we're we're seeing a new uptick? I mean, it's not a large uptick like we saw uh, at the end of last year, but uh, still seeing an upward growth on uh, the number of cases uh, here in Arkansas.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I think what we're it's what we're seeing now is probably multifactorial. Um, certainly, um, new variants that are emerging. So you know, we had the Omicron wave earlier this year. Um, and then sub-variants within that, you know, BA2, and now, now there are even other variants that, that are starting to to circulate um, around the world and around the country. And so, these every time the, the virus mutates, these um, sub-variants can um, be a little bit different, and it can be challenging for our immune system to fight them off to where we don't get infected. And so... People that have previously been infected um, or potentially, you know, even people that have been vaccinated and been in, infected in the past, they may still be vulnerable to, um, you know, catching this virus again once it's um, changed into these um, sub variants. So that's part of it. Certainly, we know that um, vaccination is uh, really one of the best ways that we can we can help prepare our immune systems to, to be able to fight off um you know, new variants that are are arising. Are um but uh, even then as as the virus continues to to mutate, there's always the risk that that it may change just enough to be able to evade our immune system's responses. Luckily though, right now what we're seeing is um still um the the disconnect from um, where we're seeing cases go up but we're not seeing a huge increase yet in the number of hospitalizations, um, and and that's a good thing. And I think that's something that we can uh, probably chalk up to prior vaccination and immunity that that people have. Um, we are hearing um, a lot anecdotally about um, increased number of people that are testing positive. You know, many people are now now have availability to home test, and so they may not show up on the official reports that that typically rely on on either. The PCR tests or on tests that are done in the healthcare setting. Um, so the true number of people testing positive is likely to be even higher than what the official numbers are. Um, luckily, it seems like the majority of individuals, um, especially the ones that have been uh, previously vaccinated, um, have relatively mild um, disease and, and are able to get over it relatively quickly. Um, you know, unfortunately, for people that are are unvaccinated. Um, there's still a risk that uh, an increased risk of developing severe disease and ending up in the hospital.
1: Speaking of testing, I've heard people discuss that uh, that maybe if they've had it in the past and they have the uh, the antigens or uh, they they have uh, recently gotten a vaccine, is it possible for them to test positive, um, either with a home test or some of the uh, the tests that are available out there uh,
2: in the medical community? So the 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 vaccination um, you know does not result in any of the test testing positive the, either the antigen test that we take at home or the PCR tests. Um, the way the the vaccines work, um, you know they they train our you know our immune system to recognize a, a piece of the virus, but it doesn't result in in anything that would cross-react with with these tests. So a recent vaccination would not cause a false positive um, test for for COVID-19, um, if you've been recently infected, um, then there is that possibility. Especially on the PCR test, the PCR is very, very sensitive, and what it looks at, um, what it looks for, is uh, pieces of the genetic material of the virus. And even people that have recovered may continue to have um, some pieces of the genetic material um, in their their nose, and it may be present for for several weeks. And so they may continue to test positive. The the antigen test the ones that are typically done at home or, or the rapid test that you may get um, at your doctor's office or an urgent care, um, those, you know, those don't stay positive um, as long. And so, typically, they're only positive during the period of time that a person is, is most infectious. Um, so, a person may continue to, to test positive for a few days typically, um, but once they start improving, those tests often will go negative, go negative, and, and that seems to correlate with um, the time that they're most infectious as well.
1: There are those that uh, will swear up and down that having COVID-19 uh, and the body's natural response to that – is all that you need now I know you've you've previously mentioned that as these variants come through uh, there is a chance that you could catch it again that you could uh, wind up with a second case whether you've had it in the past or not is it important to go ahead and vaccinate or even get a booster at that point
2: yes yes um So people that have gotten COVID before, they do develop some level of immunity. And with the previous, um, you know, earlier strains of the virus that were circulating, it seemed like people had um, about three months um, after uh, an infection that that they were unlikely to, to catch it again. Um, with the newer subvariants, we've actually seen um, people becoming infected, you know, just a few weeks after they um, recover from a bout of COVID. And so what we know is that while um, natural infection um, provides some level of immunity, um, it does seem to be short-lived and it does not seem to be um, any it certainly doesn't seem to be better and actually seems to be a little bit worse than the immunity that you derive from um, becoming fully vaccinated and boosted. Um, the vaccination, even if you've previously had COVID, um, helps to, to train your immune system and allow it to recognize um, the the virus and also helps, um, you know, the various different parts of your, your immune system to gear up so that if you do come in contact with the virus again, um, the then the likelihood of becoming sick from it is is lessened considerably. Um, you know, people that that have previously had COVID, if they're unvaccinated, they're more than twice as likely to to get COVID again compared to somebody who's um, vaccinated and boosted. The other thing is that um, the risk of developing long COVID um, seems to be much more in people who are unvaccinated versus those that have received their vaccine, Um, and certainly that's just that's an area that we're just now starting to learn more about. Um, You know, certainly hearing of people that are having you know long-term heart and lung issues um long term fatigue, long term problems um with concentration and, and um and you know being able to do even um simple activities of daily life. And that's um you know that's something that's really concerning. You know, people may recover from the the initial infection, but then they end up not being able to do the things that they were once able to um, because of, of some of the long COVID symptoms that that are now seeming to emerge.
1: I actually uh, read about a gentleman here in Arkansas who was a long distance runner, a marathoner um, mm-hmm. who contracted COVID-19 and now uh, he will tell you to your face that he has trouble getting up the stairs and just walking mm-hmm. around the house sometimes uh, as a result of long COVID. What, what can you tell us about about uh, long COVID, some of the symptoms that you might encounter, or uh, some of the things to watch out for.
2: Yeah, I think some of the most common things that, that we hear are, you know, just profound fatigue. Certainly, you know, any sort of serious infection like COVID, people can can expect for it to take, you know, several weeks for them uh, for their bodies to recover and they feel more like their normal selves. But we hear from a lot of patients that that. Um, even weeks to months out, the the fatigue is still profound. That just getting through the day wipes them out. Um, that they're not able to do the things that they were able to do before. Um, shortness of breath, uh, trouble breathing, um, catching their breath with um, even moderate activity. Um, that's something that has uh, people have um, been reporting as well. Um, you know and then certainly the the brain fog um kind of symptoms of just not feeling um like they're mentally as sharp as they were before the infection difficulty concentrating difficulty remembering um, those are things that, that people have uh, have reported as well um, as well as things um, that may be a little bit more um, unusual you know certainly people that you know may lose their sense of smell um, you know with with acute infection with covid and and for most people it returns but unfortunately, there are some people where that that doesn't seem to return for for long periods of time um and that can be a pretty uh, devastating um side effect of of this as well've heard from people that um you know that talk about their hair falling out um after they've um, they've had their their initial infection with COVID, so we're just now starting to, to scratch the surface of um, of what this virus might be doing within our bodies and and, and how it might be affecting things long term. Um, we certainly know that, that at least for a period of time after infection, that people are at risk for um, for for strokes and and um, other blood clots um, that that may develop, and so there's certainly um a lot to learn left about what this virus may do and and really the 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 best um, the best answer to this is prevention to try and um you know do take all the steps we can to to prevent getting Getting the infection in the first place and, and making sure our, our immune system is ready to fight it off if we do come come in contact with this virus. How about this? When
1: it comes to the uh, long term COVID, are you seeing uh, any parallels between uh, particular uh, ailments? Uh, if, if a person has, uh, say, for example, diabetes or high blood pressure, they're more likely to have this problem. Um, and also, uh, do you see more of the long term COVID in vaccinated or unvaccinated uh, patients?
2: It, it's definitely more in the unvaccinated um, individuals. Um, it, the, the risk of getting long COVID is at least um, twice as high in people that are unvaccinated versus um, those people that have been vaccinated. Um, as far as other things um, that may, may tie in, um, we're, we're still scratching the surface of, of that. Um, at this point, not really Seeing anything that, that has um, definitive as far as tying certain underlying conditions with um, development of, of long COVID. Certainly, if you have underlying heart and lung problems then um getting this infection can certainly make those worse and and may make it more likely um with some of the variants um certainly with the delta variant that we saw last year um from around the world there were reports of of um increased um, um findings of people um with diabetes and it's hard to say that they just come to medical attention um, because they got COVID and w- were able to diagnose the diabetes. or um, was there something with the virus itself that, that, you know unmasked or made them more likely to be become diabetic? That's been thrown out there as well. But again, a lot to learn about this virus.
1: Now, uh, let me ask you about this, uh, since we are discussing the vaccine and and discussing just the symptoms of COVID itself. Um, what would you say are the differences? I mean, there are obviously many. Uh, the dangers of getting COVID compared to the side effects of the vaccine. Because I know my first round, uh, I ran a, a temperature of about one hundred point two, and I had a headache and I was mm-hmm. tired. Uh, that was after the first vaccine, and after the second, I didn't have any problems. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I do know some people that have had some uh, mm-hmm. some side effects, but definitely nothing compared to actually contracting COVID nineteen.
2: Right, right. The, the the there there really is no comparison, and and you know we we've had the the benefit of uh, now over the last year and a half. Of seeing hundreds of millions of people, really billions of people worldwide, that have gotten the vaccines, and so you know the this is the most studied vaccine in the history of vaccines. Um, we we have a very good idea of what the side effect profile of these vaccines are, um, and and they are phenomenally safe vaccines. Um, you know the the Johnson and Johnson there was a, a risk of, of you know, certain uh, a particular type of of um, blood clot, um, and that that vaccine, you know, has been um, deemphasized. It's um, you know, it, it's been removed from the the preferred list, um, in in favor of the Pfizer and Moderna vaccines because those are
0: So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's
2: ChumbaCasino.com.
0: No purchase necessary. BDW group. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.
2: Side effect. Um, so even, you know, just in the U.S., over 220 million people that have gotten, um, their, gotten their vaccinations their vaccinations. And what we see is that these vaccines are very, very safe, very low um, risk of, of significant side effects. The vast majority of people, just like what you described, a little bit of a sore arm, maybe feeling fatigued. I can tell you with um, both my my first and second dose, um, you know, I got a sore arm. Uh, probably fell asleep an hour earlier than I would have for a couple of days um felt a little bit achy um a little bit chilled, and then that was that was over um within about forty eight hours um same thing with the booster um although it was a little bit milder um with that but mainly the sore arm uh um, more than anything. So, and that's what we're hearing from from our patients as well. Is um, you know, a lot of people are are obviously um, you know concerned. Um, you know, if they've waited till now, they've really been deliberating about the vaccine. They've been trying to gather as much information as they can. Um, and what I hear from my patients when when we have that discussion and and we talk about what we know about the vaccines and and how safe they are um, and the risk of COVID you know, when I see them back, their their answers are are just like what what we said. I got a little bit of a sore arm, but it was no different than the flu shot or or any of the other vaccines that we may have taken. Um, but you know, when when people get COVID, unfortunately, the it's a roll of the dice. Some people have mild disease and and do okay, um, but many people, you know, over the course of the last two and a half years, have either ended up in the hospital or they've gone on to to have long COVID. Um, or they've had you know a, a stroke afterwards um and so all of these devastating um complications that may occur after infection that that really cannot and do not um, happen with the vaccine. So really no comparison as to the risk of, of side effects between the vaccine and, and um, COVID. If you're, if you're concerned about getting sick, the vaccine is the safest option and, and really helps to protect against all of those um, things.
1: This brings an important question. Uh, One of my coworkers actually wanted me to ask this question today. Uh, Mm -hmm. If you have contracted COVID-19, how Mm -hmm. long should you wait before getting the vaccine or uh, getting a booster for that matter? Uh, Should Mm -hmm. you wait until symptoms are gone or should you wait like a certain period of time? Do you need to wait a month or so uh, before getting that, uh, that vaccination or booster?
2: The the only concrete period of time you should probably wait at least ten to fourteen days because that's the time that that you need to to recover and, and come out of quarantine so that you're not at risk for spreading it to anybody else as you go to get your, your vaccination and booster. Um, but there's no, you know, we used to say, well, you got to wait a period of time. Um, that was more when supplies were limited and we knew that people were um, less at risk for the first two or three months after, um, after infection. With these new variants, people um, continue to be at risk. And seeing people that were infected and then six weeks later got infection again, again um, with, a, with a different variant. So now we recommend as soon as you have recovered from um, your initial symptoms of COVID-19 and you're no longer in quarantine, then you can go and get your, your vaccine or you can go ahead and get your booster if it's due.
1: What about uh, for those that, uh, that have gone back for a first booster? Is there a second booster? Is that something that we should uh, be aware of or be prepared for?
2: Um, Yes. So, there is a second booster that is recommended for people over the age of 50 um, if it's been um, at least five months since their um, first booster. Um, Now, for people that are immunocompromised um, that may have had a transplant or have um, HIV that's um, um, with a poor immune system or they're on certain medications that suppress their immune system, their initial um, vaccine series is three doses. And so they may get a fourth dose as a booster as well. Um, so regardless of, of age, people that are immune compromised should get um, additional vaccine doses. If you're over the age of 50, it makes sense to um, go ahead and get a second booster if it's been at least five months, which for many people it has been because those boosters were um, authorized um, towards the later part of last um, summer and early fall. So, um, you know, we've we've certainly been um advising our our patients that are over the age of 50 to go ahead and and get um get the booster. Um in fact I'll uh, I'll tell you I had a conversation with um with one of my patients the other day that um had gotten you know he had gotten his um initial vaccine series and had gotten his um um first booster And um, was waiting to get the the second one. He said, well, you know, there there are some variants out there. We don't know if they're going to arrive here, um, you know, tomorrow versus two months from now. And rather than, you know, take the vaccine and then risk um, not having full protection, I'm going to wait and and get it later. And we we talked about how that's not a good idea because getting that second booster um, allows you to have protection and we have the we have other variants already circulating, and we have cases already going up in our community. Um, so it's not just in the Northeast or or um, in places outside the U.S. Um, we're we're seeing increased activity here in Arkansas, and so getting the protection now makes um, now makes sense. Um, and in addition, especially with summer coming up, people will be traveling. This person had, you know, several, um, uh, you know, really great trips planned over the course of the next um, few months. And um said, no, listen, I don't I don't want you to try to time getting this and, and miss out on any of these activities that you want to do. Um, let's get you protected, um, you know, now. Um, the other things to remember is it takes two it takes two weeks um, after a vaccine or a booster to to kind of realize the full effect of um, of that uh, of that vaccination. And so, um, you know, getting vaccinated today makes sure that you have that protection. You know, going going forward into the summertime. Um, if you wait and say, well, I'll get it, you know, uh, until when I hear that things are getting bad. Um, unfortunately, the risk is that, that you may end up with COVID before the, the vaccine has a chance to, to help um, help your immune system out.
1: And the thing to remember is that these are, like you said, very safe vaccines, uh, very safe boosters, and they're readily available. I've I've actually gotten all three of my shots through UAMS, uh, mm-hmm. the the clinic over here in uh, in West Little Rock, mm-hmm. and uh, it's super easy to do. You're in and out in just a couple of minutes, and if you've got insurance, that's great. If you don't, uh, it's not a problem because mm-hmm. these are uh, these are supplied for any anyone that uh, that would like to get the vaccine or a booster. Mm-hmm. Is that right?
2: Yes, the government has has provided, um, you know, the companies with the research and development and and the funding for these vaccines, and so they are available to everybody. Um, Certainly, um, UAMS has them in in almost all of our clinics, and um, for for our patients, we we have them readily available, Um, but they're really widely available, and so almost any pharmacy, um, you know, certainly any of the, the larger chain pharmacies, but many of the independent pharmacies also have the COVID vaccines available. Um, you know, almost any um, hospital or clinic will will have them readily available. So, for um, for people that uh, may not live in in Little Rock or, or may live in a smaller community, there's a good resource: um, vaccines.gov. Um, that they can go to and enter their zip code, and it will show um, the closest uh, facilities that have the vaccine available. Um, so whether that's a pharmacy or a clinic um, or a hospital, um, they can go to that website, put in their zip code, and it will list all of the um, places that have vaccine availability. They can actually even schedule an appointment right um, through there. Um, but you can see if if. You know the Walmart down the street is is your is is the closest place to get a vaccine. You know maybe that's much more convenient and easy for someone to, to get it there or their local pharmacy. Um, you know where they pick up their medicines. Um, it's it's really very convenient. Um, as you mentioned, it's it's free um, insurance if for people that have insurance It covers it. Um, for people that don't, um, these costs are covered by the government. Um, and so the the vaccines are safe they're effective um it, it really there's um you know there's there's really no reason to to not get it um and we now have a year and a half um or more of data um with these vaccines and and so it really um this is the way that, that we move toward getting um, getting on past um, past this pandemic is, is getting more and more people vaccinated so that we have protection for our communities
1: absolutely and do remember to call the pharmacy you intend to go get your shot and uh, find out when there you know if there's specific times that they offer it or uh, how to best set up an appointment make sure that they uh, they know you're coming. Um, also one thing that I did want to ask about that or bring up about that, uh, like you mentioned before, this, uh, has different strains, different mutations, different variations, just like we see with, uh, with influenza, you have type A, you have type B, uh, these different versions of COVID-19, uh, mm-hmm. people can be affected by them differently, or they can contract, uh, different versions, uh, mm-hmm. of the, of the virus over a span of months, right?
2: Mhm. Yes. Um yes, that's the thing. It's we're now seeing people that are on their third or fourth infection with with COVID over the course of this pandemic. Um you know, and that's really really unfortunate. Um and and I think each time that that a person, you know, has to deal with infection, you know, obviously the 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 concern is are are they going to have some new or different um symptom that that develops. So Um, Certainly makes sense to to continue to try and do everything we can to to prevent getting infected. Nobody wants to be sick. Nobody wants to miss school or work. Um, And and certainly nobody wants to pass this on to to their loved ones. And um, It's you know it's certainly really important for people to get vaccinated. If you haven't been vaccinated, now's the time to start. If if you've gotten vaccinated but maybe you didn't complete the series, or um, haven't gotten boosted, it's not too late. You can go ahead and um, and get that done and avail yourself of the protection afforded by vaccines. But it's also important for us to to realize that. That things are not not back completely to normal, and there are other things that we can do to try and help protect ourselves from uh, from uh, catching COVID or getting sick from uh, from this disease. And you know, the vaccination um, really is sort of the the, the last defense. You know, by by the time the the you derive the benefit of the vaccine, it's uh, because you've come in contact with the virus. So it still makes sense to, to take common sense measures to try and avoid um, you know coming uh, in contact with with the virus. So you know if if you're sick, go ahead and get tested. You know take a home test or, or um, schedule a test with with um, your your doctor or urgent care or um, hospital. Um, you know if you have if you turn out to have COVID, then you know, you can take steps to help prevent um, spreading it to anybody um, that you may come in contact with. Um, if you feel if you feel sick, stay home. Um, I know we're you know previously we would you know try to tough things out, but you know the last thing we want to do is is um, make anybody else sick. And so, you know, if you have symptoms, um, stay home from work or school and get tested um, so that you know. And certainly call your um, healthcare professional; they can certainly help you with um, with that. Other things that, that we can do, you know, common sense measures. If you're going to be in a in a uh, crowded indoor place, um, you know, then then wear a mask uh, for that period of time. Um, certainly, with uh, you know mask mandates having expired and, and really this um, sense of of um, you know putting the pandemic behind us, we've, we see a lot fewer um, masks out and about town. But they still remain effective, um, and especially in, in, when you have to be indoors, when you have to be um, around, um, you know, groups of people that, that you may not um, know if they're sick or, or if they're vaccinated. It just makes sense to to um, you know take that precaution um, to to help keep from coming in contact with uh, with the virus. Absolutely, and thank you, Dr. Kira Vyas,
1: uh with UAMS infectious disease specialist. Uh, with with summer months upon us, uh, vacation plans, concerts, all those different things. It's very important to uh, remember what's been said here today: vaccinations, hand washing, and definitely, of course, those masks are still effective. So. Uh, Dr. Vias, thank you so much for your time today. And um, you know what? Hopefully we will see, like you said, uh, Arkansas getting back to normal in the not-too-distant future.
2: I certainly hope so. But um, as long as people have the tools to, to protect themselves, um, I think we can, we can move, uh, move forward in a safe manner without people getting sick. So thank you again for the opportunity.
0: Thanks for listening to Talk of the Rock public affairs and community events from the iHeartRadio studios in Little Rock. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast and listen next week as we talk to more guests about public service, local charities, and events going on in your neighborhood. plus.